You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Working Like Dogs is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADWORK, S-A-D-W-O-R-K, and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. And welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject working dogs and working animals. And today, our guest is Greg Stokes. And Greg is the assistant to the special agent in charge of the James J. Rowley Training Center, and he's supervisor of the canine training section for the United States Secret Service. So we're really excited to have Greg here today to talk to us about their working dog program. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Greg Stokes. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code WORK10, W-O-R-K, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to florop.com and use the code WORK1234 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com, code word W-O-R-K-1234. You like your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, I'm Angelina. Join me for some great training tips to live a happy, healthy, peaceful life together with your best friend. And by the way, they're not the only ones that learn something new. Join me for Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Hello, Greg, and welcome to Working Like Dogs. Hi, Marcy. How are you? I'm great, and we're so excited that you could be with us today. Good to be here. Yeah, well, you know, I did not realize that the Secret Service actually had a working dog program. So, and I know that when I say the word Secret Service, the first word of that is secret. So, okay, Greg, please share with us what you can today, but we certainly understand your job and respect that role. So, you can also not tell us what we don't need to know, okay? That'll work fine. Okay, awesome. Well, tell us about the program. How did it get started? The program began in 1978 uh, with just a handful of teams, um, and they were predominantly used for explosive detection and a little bit of patrol work back then. And since then, the program has grown to over 100 canine teams, and um, we've got quite a bit of work these days, as you can imagine. Wow, 100 teams. That's a lot. Yes, ma'am. And are all of those, um, are they used nationally within the United States, or do they go all over the world? Our canines support the travel of the president and the vice president everywhere they go, internationally as well. And they uh, travel aboard Air Force aircraft in support of his movements and the vice president's movements uh, everywhere they go. Wow. Well, so the dogs get to fly? They fly out, do they fly? I know you probably can't tell us where they fly, but, but that's great. Do they fly as cargo, or how do you how do, you do that? Yeah, they fly in a, a travel kennel, just as, as many of your audience members may, uh, may have um, at home, a very kennel, and, um, and, and their handlers are right alongside them within the, uh, uh, the belly of the cargo aircraft, if you will. Well, I know. That, that's one of the questions I always get is, can Whistle fly with me or does he fly in cargo and for whistle i have to have him on the plane with me so it actually works out well he doesn't have to fly cargo but i was wondering about that for your dogs so yes you- yeah it's 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 nice that the planes allow um our handlers to seat uh, to sit in close proximity to the canines and, and to calm them down if necessary but most of our dogs get fairly used to the uh, uh that type of environment especially when they can see their handler nearby it tends to uh, relieve them very easily of, of any stress that might be on them yeah i know whistle really doesn't like to fly and we had to work on that with him and um actually we have to i have to take treats with me which makes the flights always much much more pleasurable for him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I carry my own treats as well when I fly too, so it helps. Yeah. What kind of treats do you use? <laughs> um, I was actually referring to myself, but we use the, oh. the same the same conventional the same conventional treats that uh, anybody would use for, for our dogs as well. <laughs> I don't want to support any brand name here, but uh, you know, all the things that you know conventional conventional yeah. treats that anybody would have. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering if you had some idea because I have, I try to use different things for whistle that, that are easy to transport on a plane that are yummy enough to get him to refocus on not being stressed out. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Can you tell us more about the dogs and how they're selected? Yes, ma'am. We use U.S. vendors to acquire our dogs at about the age of a, uh, one year. And um, we prefer to get them untrained because we have a, a cadre of uh, instructors here that uh, have exceptional backgrounds and, and uh, capabilities. And uh, we prefer to work with a blank slate. And we do have a selection process, of course, that and a series of selection tests that we put the canines through. 
and uh, if a given dog meets the, the standards that we have, uh, they're selected to go through a pre-training period, and if they uh, make it through the pre-training period, then they are placed with a uh, new trainee handler, and they go together throughout the, uh, the remainder of the training. Oh, cool. And so what about, like, for yourself, how do employees get, get involved in the dog program? Do you have to apply for that, or do you just have to have certain skills in order to be able to be a dog handler? Yes, ma'am. All of our handlers are uniform division officers, uh, and once they become a qualified handler, they're referred to as technicians because they have a specified skill. And they have to be uh, already on our job for a number of years and be recommended by their supervisor and pass a, a series of um, panel tests also before they're selected to be a, a, a canine handler. Ah, yeah, I was wondering about that. So it must be pretty prestigious then for the people that handle the dogs. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a pretty covered position, too, as you can imagine. Um, I think uh, a great many people uh, listening in would probably want to be able to work day in and day out with a dog and, and, uh, and get paid for it. So it's a, it's a great opportunity and, a, and certainly a very uh, challenging job as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, can you tell us again about what types of dogs that you guys use and which breeds are better? Yes, ma'am. We prefer to select the dogs from the, the herding group primarily. Our preferred breeds are the Belgian Malinois, uh, Belgian Taverne. We have some German Shepherds, of course. But again, our, our preferred breed really is the Belgian Malinois. They seem to have the consistently proven to have the higher drive and the higher capabilities in terms of stamina in order to handle the, the demands that, that our mission places on our dogs. Yeah. And does it take a long time to train the dogs? Yes, ma'am. It, it can take up to uh, 20 weeks with the handler and canine to work through the various tasks that we have uh, have to place before them. And, you know, along the way, we have the luxury of having to pull a dog aside if, if they're having specific trouble and work through a, a specific challenge that a, a given team is having. So, But in short, you know, 20 weeks is a good segment of time that, that we spend training our canines. And how do you maintain that training? Every month, all of our teams have to return to uh, the rally training center here and work with my cadre of folks to get revalidated in their skill set. We have to make sure that they are able to do their job. And if they are unable to do their job for any given reason, if they do not pass our validation test, they simply don't go back to work. We retain them out here at our, at our center until we can go back and review the skills that they need and tighten up anything that needs to be fixed before they can go back on duty. And we have the luxury of being close to the White House and uh, our other operational areas is, is a huge benefit. We've had circumstances where a dog has been performing badly on duty. It was recognized by the handler. The handler was able to uh, call us out here, and we were able to bring the dog out that same day, begin to work with the dog, and place it back in the duty the very following day. So that's a huge advantage uh, for us being in, in such close proximity. We're about 20 minutes outside of uh, uh, Washington, D.C. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's so impressive that you can do that and just get right on an issue and take care of it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, the operational tempo, uh, as you know, you, from from watching the news, the president and the vice president and, and our uh, our other protectees move around quite a bit, and um, and we have to be uh, prepared to accommodate uh, the security needs that they have uh, at a given notice. So it's a it's a huge benefit. Yeah, that is. That's really that's impressive. 
Yeah, so I wanted to ask a little bit more about the dog's care. So do you have veterinarians on staff at the training center? We are supported by the United States Army Veterinary Command because our dogs, of course, directly support the commander-in-chief. And so uh, we benefit from their skill set, and they do a great job in in supporting us. And if they're listening, I'd like to thank them for all their efforts also. Yeah, that's great. So that's nice because it really does take a team to keep these working dogs at the top of their game. I know that's the way it is for me and Whistle. I have to have a team of folks that actually monitor him and make sure that he has all the support that he needs to do his job. And it sounds similar to your dogs. Yep, it does sound a lot uh, a lot similar. Yeah. So do you get to take your dog home with you? I'm actually the program manager, and um, I'm not fortunate enough to be assigned a dog. They'd rather me be uh, <laughs> confined to my office doing paperwork <laughs> and, and the other necessary things to keep this machine running. But um our offices are right alongside the kennels, and uh, I get to visit them on a regular basis and watch them work outside my window. Uh, so it's it's a pretty nice uh, view to have uh, throughout the day. Yeah, that is nice. But do the officers get to take their dogs home with them? The yes, ma'am. Handlers? Yes, okay. ma'am, they do. Yep. We uh, usually introduce that about week two or three of the initial training period. We also do, uh, before that actually takes place, we have interviews with the family and uh, on-site at the residence so that they understand um, the needs that are going to be placed, you know, with the family. The handler, of course, has to assume complete responsibility for this dog, for their assigned canine, I should say, and not only its health, but also the safety of of anybody around to include their family members. So we go through all those check marks and and ensure that it's going to be a good fit before the dog goes home. Yeah, I was wondering about that, about how much the dog is allowed to interact with family members. It's frankly dependent upon the dog. And uh, again, we do a lot of training before the dogs go home with these handlers to give them things that they need to um, look for. And we also guide them into um, introducing the dog into their family settings. And uh, a lot of times if there's another family pet on hand, dogs may have to be uh, kept in separate areas of the home. But we also provide individual kennels at the residence. It's a cost-effective way uh, for our agency to uh, to maintain these these working assets, uh, and it's frankly a convenience for the handler as well that they don't have to go to a central kennel uh, that's away from their home uh, in order before they report to work. So it's the best operational way of doing it, and um, it works out well. Yeah, it does seem much more efficient, both from a financial perspective and from an emotional perspective for the dog to feel more confident and to feel like a part of the family. Absolutely, and that is a good point to make, uh, the socialization of these dogs and to, uh, and the bond that, that needs to be created between the canine and the handler is something that, that's critical also. Um, there's a lot of nuances to explosive detection work, for example, where you really have to understand the behaviors of your dog and, and know if they're showing something that is out of the ordinary. And if that is taking place, then that needs further investigation. Yeah. Well, we are going to take a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors, but we're going to come back and continue visiting with Greg Stokes and learning more about their awesome canine training program. So please come right back after these quick messages. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. 
Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code WORKING, W-O-R-K-I-N-G, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities Opportunities are available. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio, and our guest today is Greg Stokes, who is with the Raleigh Training Center, and he's supervisor of the canine training section for the United States Secret Service, and he's been giving us all kinds of, of great information, and was just wanting to know, before our break, we were talking about the, the bond between the handler and the dog. And I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that, Greg. Yeah. A lot of times when an explosive detection dog, for example, uh, or a dog that's doing explosive detection work, is working in an area and, and tracking odor and whatnot, you don't always receive a full alert from the dog, which in what we mean is the dog sits. When we want, when uh, an explosive detection dog um, finds explosive odor and works to the source of that odor, the indicator that we expect that dog to, and train that dog to use is merely a sit. We don't want the dog to bark. We don't want the dog to scratch at the item. And that's all for obvious reasons. We don't want the device to explode. So, again, if the dog is working in an area where there's odor 
present, and it's only a very fleeting amount of odor, the dog might show a change of behavior. The dog might change its body uh, position. The dog might be, frankly, sniffing a little differently. And all these things may not be quite obvious to anybody who is just observing this, but the handler, having been with this dog day in and day out and working with the dog and throughout training, would know that that, that particular action, that particular movement is a little something different, and I might want to bring that dog back to that area to do further investigation. And if I'm really uncomfortable, I might call that an alert, even though the dog didn't give a final response in the form of a sit. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, and I can relate to that because Whistle and I are so bonded that I know when he's acting any way that causes any any alertness for me, too. So I can only imagine the sensitivity that your handlers must have to the behaviors of their dogs. Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, tell us, what's the lifespan of one of your working dogs? Our dogs work uh, to the age of, of anywhere from 9 to 11, depending on their performance and their health. And afterwards, most of them retire right along with their handler back at the home, and they become family pets, frankly, and live out their retirement uh, years there. So it's a nice uh, thing that we're able to do once the dog has, has given its career to us, if you will, our, his life to us, yeah. that we're able to uh, return him to the, to the family and, and allow him to finish out his years in a, in a comfortable setting. Yeah, that's great. So you're honoring them. That's so awesome, honoring for their service. That's yeah. how I feel about my dogs for sure, as I have a retired service dog, Morgan, who's laying here with me as well as Whistle. And, and you're right. They deserve all the best treatment in the world after they've given their lives so selflessly. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Yep. Yeah. Well, so how much exercise do the dogs get? Do the, do the handlers have to do certain types of exercise with them? Yeah, absolutely. We expect them to be uh, a walk on a regular basis, and they also have uh, requirements for agility and uh, other disciplines when they come through training, their initial training, and they also are expected to perform agility testing during their, their monthly validation as well. And we have an agility yard here at the training center that basically there's an A-frame and there's some other little unique items, tubes, if you will, and just different environments to expose the canines to so that uh, if they're required to do something as physical as that during their regular workday, then it's not the first time they're seeing it, that they're acclimated to that and, and they're able to perform at the, at the high levels that we need. Yeah, I was wondering about how they maintain their stamina, you know, when they have to travel and when they might be in different environments as far as the weather and things like that. Yeah, again, I think it goes a lot back to the, uh, the selection. Our dogs are frankly, uh, have long bloodlines. Uh, they are, you know, exceptional individuals and and they are, uh, they're frankly thoroughbreds when they come to us and uh, that certainly benefits the mission but it also uh, allows them to, to stay healthy over their working life also. Right. And can you tell us how you reward your dogs? Is it by food or is it with a toy? Yeah, we, we use toy reward here. We have a, a hard rubber toy that the majority of uh, our handlers use. It basically is, you know, it's provided to the dog immediately following the alert in the case of an explosive detection canine. And uh, that's essentially what their paycheck is. That's what, how they get paid. <laughs> right, right. I was wondering what that was for them. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, that is... That is a wonderful reward when that motivates you. (laughs) 
Absolutely. And it's amazing that we've had uh, unfortunate circumstances from time to time where a dog has uh, been lunging for a uh, a toy that's gone awry and they're so excited to get the toy that they hurt themselves hitting something else uh, in their zeal to get the, get the toy. Um, and that's those are the types of drives that we're looking for. Your listeners might want to be aware that these aren't the type of dogs that you'd probably want in your house as a pet. You might come home one afternoon and find your nice new uh, lazy boy chair in a dozen pieces. So these are not the type of dogs that are going to sit on your lap and allow you to stroke the, you know, for for a while. Uh, these dogs have a, have a high drive. Yeah, yeah. And they want to be busy. That's great. Well, and tell our listeners if they do encounter one of your officers and their dogs, how should they interact with the dog? I mean, because people are always wanting to pet the dogs, and what would you recommend? Well, frankly, our handlers are trained, and we we do not allow uh, the public to come in physical contact with the dog, but all of our handlers are are very used to uh, having questions posed to them, and uh, a lot of people are, are afraid to ask Secret Service officers or agents questions, and frankly, it's it's no big deal. If we can answer the question, we will, and if we can't, we can't, but they should feel uh, no uh, hesitation to, to ask the handler uh, any questions they might have of the dog, but again, we don't allow any physical contact between uh, the public and our, and our canines. Mm-hmm. Do you do ever go out and do presentations? We do in-house presentations here on campus, and uh, those can be requested through our hierarchy, our, our special agent in charge of the Rally Training Center. And we do have to, to limit the number of requests that we get because we are a, an active training center, and um, we have to be selective with with the numbers of these requests that we get. We do get quite a bit, so but we do do them from time to time. And um, if someone were to put in a request the first time and they they didn't get it, then I certainly wouldn't discourage them from trying some other time. Yeah, that's great. Well, I know I was Whistle and I were hoping to come to your center, but we weren't able to come a few weeks ago because of the snow. You guys have had an unbelievable winter this year. Yeah, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge, but um, our dogs have to work in all those environments as well. Uh, we have to be prepared to to work wherever the president goes, so we work them right right through the weather. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, you guys don't get any break. You have to go when, when you're called and when you're needed. Which exactly. I guess, yeah, so we were talking about that stamina of keeping the dogs working. And do they have shifts that they work? And do you give them time to play downtime when they're working during the day or night? Absolutely. They do have a, a set shift that they work, but they um, there's always uh, dogs that are on duty at any given time. We, we staff our areas to ensure that there's a consistent coverage with our canines at all times. But you can't ask a canine or, frankly, any individual to be constantly working every second of every day. So certainly our dogs do require breaks, and uh, we make sure that they get those. And um, it's, it's, frankly, a, uh, something that, that has to be built into any good explosive detection program or tactical program. And that's something we may want to talk about for a couple minutes. I, I realized I haven't talked enough about our tactical side, if you'd like to hear about that. Absolutely, please. We have tactical canines that are handled by our emergency response team members. They're SWAT team members, if you will, that are positioned down at the White House and at other areas uh, as needed. 
and these dogs are trained to work with a team. They are neutral to other team members as they would perform their duties, and uh, they are specifically designed to apprehend anybody who may have a, a desire to uh, compromise uh, one of our perimeters, and uh, they do an outstanding job. In fact, they they recently went to a competition last August out in Indiana and competed against dozens of other similar teams across the nation. Uh, and we're very proud to say that they took first, second, and third in the competition. So that's basically uh, um, attributed, in my opinion, to uh, my right-hand man out here, Brian Mowry, who's just done an outstanding job both building that program and maintaining it. So he deserves a lot of credit there. Wow, that is wonderful. Well, you guys must be so proud of your of your staff and your dogs. That's awesome. Absolutely. And the handlers also. The handlers are exceptional individuals. They have an extremely high level of, uh, of physical fitness and, um, and capability and a, a high level of discipline, uh, which is needed for tactical work and apprehension work. Obviously, that's a less than lethal tool. The canine is a less than lethal tool that we utilize as sparingly as we can and there's a great deal of discipline that goes along with with having a tactical canine just as uh, as it would uh, with going along with carrying a weapon of any sort. Yeah, I mean that is a, a really important word, discipline, because I think that's what people have a hard time really getting their heads around about how disciplined the dogs have to be and handlers for all different types of jobs. So I can only imagine for your type of work. Yeah, yeah, we call it uh, sort of living in a fishbowl, if you will, but um, our folks, uh, both our instructors and our handlers are up to the challenge, and uh, and I'm very confident of their abilities. Yeah, well, I, I think you have every reason to be. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Well, tell us, if people did want to get more information about the center, if they wanted to try and see if they could come for a visit and to see the dogs um, in action, how would they do that? Is there a website? Yes, well, we do have a website. It could be Googled, the United States Secret Service, of course, but it's www.secretservice.gov is our website, and uh, people can feel free to go there and, and learn not only about the canine mission, but all the other interesting missions that the service has that we do for the public on a daily basis in order to keep the president and other people safe. Well, thank you so much for all that you're doing for the the work that we know about and what we don't know about because we really appreciate all that you do to, to keep the president and vice president and our country safe. So, thank you, ma'am. It's our honor. It's an honor yeah. to uh, do this job. Well, we're so glad you could come and be with us, and we'd love for you to come back and keep us posted about all the things that are going on and, and all the great work that you guys are doing. It's, it's really awesome. We'll do, Marcy. Thank you. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us today. And we hope you'll come back and be with us again. And as you know, you can reach me and whistle through email. And that email address is Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And we love hearing from you and getting your comments and ideas for future shows. So please keep those emails coming. And we hope you'll come back and be with us soon again. Thanks so much. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.